Hi, and welcome to the Planting Community Church. My name is Anna Johnson, and I'm your host for this morning's announcements. We're so glad that you chose to worship with us online today. There's a lot happening at PCC, and we want you, yes, you, to participate and connect with us as much as you can. Here's what's happening at PCC over the next month. August is the final month for a summer midday Bible study group. On Fridays, set time aside to join us for engaging discussions and a chance to learn together from 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. If you would like to join, please email info at theplanting.cc for more information. On Wednesday, August 4th, PCC will hold a town hall meeting. Pastor Marcel James will share updates, so please plan to attend. The National Association of the Church of God will be holding their 105th camp meeting online. This year's theme is A Hunger for Jesus, Righteousness, and Justice. Evening worship services can be viewed on their YouTube channel from August 4th to the 8th at 7.30 p.m. Calling all teens and young adults, our youth ministry leadership team will be holding a relaunch event on Sunday, August 8th. Come out for an afternoon of fun and fellowship. The Church of God of Eastern Canada's Family Camp will be held online August 12th to the 14th. This year's theme is Focusing on Jesus, His Word and Mission. Pastor Marcel is one of the featured speakers, so mark your calendar and look out for the Zoom link that will be made available closer to the date. Are you interested in volunteering at PCC but aren't sure where to start? Visit our website, theplanting.cc, click on Serve and Sign Up today to indicate your intent. There are several ministries that currently need volunteers, so we invite you to connect with us and bring your talents. Every Sunday at 11 a.m., join us on YouTube or Facebook to view our worship service with a message from our pastor, Marcel James. You can also visit our website, theplanting.cc, to ensure that you stay connected with us. At PCC, we have programming for children too. PCC Kids is a space where children and their parents meet to learn about Jesus in a fun and engaging environment. Each week, our children's ministry team hosts PCC Kids meetings online from 1 to 2 p.m. Meeting information will be sent to parents each week. Our Wednesday night prior meeting and Bible reflection sessions are a great way to learn with others. Challenge yourself to set aside an evening each week to grow deeper in the word and connect to pray, especially with the needs around us. Meet us online each Wednesday night at 7 p.m. via Google Meet. If you have a prayer request, please leave a message at 416-653-2528 or email us at info at theplanting.cc. We encourage you to continue giving your tithes and offerings as the work of the Lord depends on your giving. Online giving can be done securely using Tithely or using e-transfer using the email info at theplanting.cc. 
If you would prefer to write a check instead, please mail it to our address at 236 Nairn Avenue, Toronto, Ontario, M6E 4H4. Thanks again for choosing to worship with us online today. Consider following us on Facebook and subscribing to our YouTube channel by hitting the subscribe button below so that you continue to stay connected with us. Visit theplanting.cc for more information. May the peace of God rest with you this week and always stay safe.
This is a new day, a day of celebration, for God has given us a new birth, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. He's rescued us from the darkness. He's brought us out of despair. In Him we have redemption. In Him we have mercy. In Him we have forgiveness. Today we stand in Christ a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Today we celebrate our Savior, our Deliverer, our Redeemer. Sin is conquered. Death is defeated. The grave is empty. And Jesus is alive. This is a new day. This is Easter. It is such a pleasure to be in your home this morning uh, to just have a talk with you about new beginnings. But before I get into that, I just want to take a special moment to, to wish a very special someone, our wonderful pastor, Marcel James, a happy birthday. So happy birthday, Pastor James. This is one of your new beginnings. So new beginnings will be my topic for today. And I thought that this is such a... Uh, an important topic, and that's because it's 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 so uh, pervasive to ev- pervasive to everyone. At different stages of our lives, we've all experienced new beginnings. Uh, perhaps it's a, a new job that you've had, uh, moving to a different country, an addition to your family, uh, recovering from an illness or a past hurt or integrating the loss of a loved one into your life, or um, a big one is accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's one of the greatest new beginnings that you may have experienced. Irrespective of what your new beginning is, one of the common theme is basically a moving away from that which was old into something that's new. And for some of us, or all of us, this can be an exciting, an exciting time. Like you, I've had many new beginnings in my own life, and I I reflect on uh, my journey to Canada when I decided that I wanted wanted to pursue um, graduate studies, and so I I decided to embark on this quite exciting time. Uh, I was pursuing my dreams, and so that really fueled my desire to get here, but it was lots of fear, lots of fear and anxiety because I was moving to a country where I didn't have friends or family, um, it was a new culture, and I was really saying goodbye to what I knew. Um, and so even as we, as I start this talk, I just want to invite you to think about a recent or present new beginning experience that you might be going through, or you have gone through, or on the verge of going through. And perhaps this message might even be a new beginning for you. Uh, focus on the feeling that it stirs up, the thoughts that accompany those feelings, and accompany me on this journey as we uncover what God has to say about new beginnings and what it means to walk in our identity courageously. Now, the Bible bears witness to many stories of new beginnings. Uh, if you think about the, even the inception of, for, of creation, you know, before there was this blackness, this void, and, and God spoke, and then there was light. And so the, the new life became so full of promise and, and life. 
Even after the fall of man, God orchestrated a new beginning for his people to reconcile us back to him, that in the person of Jesus. God is a God of new beginnings, and so we're really excited to really dive into what he has to say about new beginnings and, 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 and really how it can be unfolded in our, in our lives. What feelings and thoughts you know, do new beginnings conjure up for you? Like, how do you feel as you think about your own new beginning? For some people, new beginnings might feel uh, a time of adventure and excitement, and for others, it might be very stressful and, and fearful. So I like to think of fear as a, as a common emotion that accompanies anything that is unfamiliar. And that can be the same for me as I'm sitting here. This is a very new experience for me, very unfamiliar. And I feel a tinge of fear, but I'm trusting that I can get through it with, with God's help. But often when, when fear is present, there's a, there are lots of worries. Worries about the uncertainty or venturing in the unknown. Um, questions we may ask ourselves are, um, am I ready for this? Is this the right decision? Um, do I have everything that I need to be successful? Will I fail? Will I return to where I started? These, are, these thoughts can be so immobilizing. It can just keep us so stuck. Fear can possess, can possess, fear can possess super strength that keeps us in the same place. So I'll ask a question, you know. Have you ever looked at your life and felt just so dissatisfied and you asked yourself like, why am I still here? Why am I still in this spot? Why am I still at this job? Why am I still in this relationship? Why is my heart still so broken even though years have passed after losing my loved one? We often want change, but the fear of the unknown or the fear of uncertainty, sometimes it just grabs a hole of our feet and just keeps us there. And the implication of this is a life that is just, you know, you're basically surviving and not thriving. We become so overprotective of ourselves and present ourselves to the world uh, as if we're so well put together or, uh, or we're, we have it all under control. And like Brother Butler said two weeks ago, we wear these masks, but underneath we're, we're crippled with fear. A few months ago, I, I was confronted with a new opportunity, a job opportunity. And as I um, weighed the pros and cons, you know, I, I asked myself those same questions. Why am I still here? In a place where I didn't want to be for such a long time. This was since 2014. And feeling that desire to, for moving on or, or feeling I'm, just, I'm not as passionate as I used to be. But even as I weighed those pros and cons, I realized that I was still very much, it became almost heart-wrenching because I was holding on to this thing, this, this sure thing, even though I wasn't very passionate about it. It was sure because it gave me security. Suffice to say that I, was, I took a leap of faith and I took that new job. But the fear of losing on losing on something that is so sure really kept me there or caused me to wrestle with a decision that should have been so easy because I was ready for a change. But God is, he is a God of new beginnings, you know, and he represents 
New Beginnings for God really is about hope. It's about being hopeful and, and, and full of life and, and, and newness. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, I'm reading from the NLT. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God already has a plan for us, for you and me. He already has a plan, and it's good, not for evil. He wants to give us a future full of love and peace. And this doesn't mean that life isn't going to happen and we're going to have struggles or troubles, but we can be rest assured that God is right there with us during our valley moments, nudging us forward. And I just want to take this time to read Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 to 21. It's a bit long, but it's really important to, to what God is saying about new beginnings and how he stays with us in those times of troubles and, and struggles. And it reads, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burnt up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Saba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. I will say to the north and south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. Gather the nations together. Assemble the people of the world. Which of the idols has ever foretold such things? Which can predict what will happen tomorrow? Where are the witnesses of such predictions? Who can verify that they spoke the truth? But you are my witness, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You have been chosen to know me. Believe in me and understand that I, am, I alone am God. There is no other God. There has never been. There never will be. Yes, I am the Lord. And there is no other Savior. First, I predicted your rescue. Then I, then I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing Babylonians to flee in those ships they are proud of. 
I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I call forth the mighty army of, of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives stuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. This is what he says. Forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in dry, dry wasteland. The wild animals in the field would, would thank me. The jackals and owls do for forgiving, forgiving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. Verse 19 says, for I will do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? He's already started a new work. He's already started a new work in you. He's already started a new work in me. As I reflect in that passage, I recall, you know, the biggest life-changing experience that my husband and I have experienced, had experienced about five years ago. And often this is a story that I go back to because this is, uh, this, is, this is an experience that has taught us a lot, taught me a lot, and continues to teach me. So five years ago, we lost our unborn son. And that grief was so immense. I'd never felt anything like that before. And even today, there are moments of sadness and longing, a longing for what could have been. Uh, and in my moments of grief, there were so many emotions that I experienced, anger and fear and sadness and, and, and worry. And I lived there for a while. I lived there for a while because it just reminded me of what I lost. But I soon realized that I couldn't live there for, 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 forever because it robbed me of joy, of lightheartedness, of having a sparkle in my eye. And, and I was determined that there just has to be more of this other than this blackness that I was feeling. And even in my research as I, and I, as I was preparing, I came across an individual whose name was uh, uh, Haley. And she had lost her eight-year-old daughter. And she said, I was afraid of the future and longing for the past. Back to the time when my family was whole and the pain of the world had not broken us. I knew God was nudging, nudging me or us forward and encouraging us to heal from the heart, the hurt and embrace life again. I was resisting. You know, we want change. We want to see things different. But there's that part of us that's really cling to the thing that is so familiar, even when it's, it's detrimental, detrimental to us, even when it's... It, it, so hold on to it, it means you're robbing ourselves of something so much greater. And so, but that verse clearly says that, you know, even in the time of struggle, even when we're still holding on to the reins of, of the old, that God is right there with us. We're not alone. And he's gently nudging us forward to appreciate something new, this new thing that he's doing, this new thing that he's saying, do you not see it? I've already started. 
I've started it in you. Are you resisting today? Is the fear of the unknown holding you back? Are you struggling to grasp the hope that God is offering when he's saying, you know, you are mine and I'm yours and you're never going to be alone? One of the greatest, not greatest, but one, a really great story in the Bible about new beginnings is that story of Naomi and Ruth. And, um, and it's very familiar. Now, Naomi, she lived during a time in Canaan when there was a terrible, a terrible drought. And she and her husband and her sons, they went to a foreign land to, to, um, to get a better life. Like most of us, me included, have left my home to come to pursue an education and, and seek a better life. And so for, for Naomi and her family, that was their intent. But life happened. And not only did Naomi lose her husband, she lost her children, both her sons. I suspect that she was alone in a very strange land and probably even felt or thought that she was abandoned by God. And so she finally decided to return home. But Ruth, one of her daughter-in-law, she was, she was adamant that she was not going to leave Naomi. And so they went together. Upon Naomi's return to her homeland, you know, she was greeted by her people. And she said, don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. I went away full but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me? And this is from Ruth chapter 1, verses 20 to 21. Once again, you know, unbeknownst to us, God had already had a plan. Like he said in Jeremiah, I have a plan for you, a future to give you a future hope. God already had a plan for Naomi and Ruth. And we see this in the marriage of Ruth and Boaz and the favor of God upon them when, when, when uh, a son came forth from, uh, from Ruth and, and Boaz. And the women gathered around Naomi. And you can hear, even in their rejoicing, that they really believed that God had given Naomi a new beginning. And verse 14 of chapter 4 says, then the women of the town said to Naomi, praise the Lord, who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. What a proclamation. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast. And she cared for him as if he were, her, he were her own. The neighbor women said, now at last, Naomi has a son again. And they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse, the grandfather of David. What an amazing story of hope. And this is the God we serve. This is the God who restores hope and joy. And we can go, there's so many examples of, of, of restoration of hope and joy and, and, and new beginnings in the Bible. So many. Even in this time as we're waiting, it's been over 18, almost 18 months since we've been battling with COVID. And, and it just seems so dreary, you know. 
And COVID has been, it has really robbed us of, of so much. It's robbed us of our loved ones. It's robbed us of our freedom, our sense of normalcy. And we're waiting for maybe the heavens to part and for, for, to see a new beginning. But I am hopeful that God has already begun to work, like he said. I've already, I've started. Do you not see? Do you not see that the work of renewal, the work of, of joy, of new beginning, is already started? Can you not see it? And so what about our spiritual new beginning? What about what he offers when he says, I sent my son. I love you so much that I sent my son to die for you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, according to the NLT version, it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Ephesians 4, verses 22 to 24 says, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by its deceitful desires. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. When we become spiritually new, what, what, what he promises, what God promises, is that he will strip us of the old self and offer something new, something fuller, something richer. This new life is full of delights and of God and his love and his promises. Our purpose and desires are new. You know, we, we're able to see the world through his eyes. And even as we, even as we have accepted this new life, for some, of, for some, this is a partial experience as we're still holding on to parts of our old life. Once again, that fear picks his head. The fear of the unknown, the fear of losing what is familiar. Perhaps you think that your sins are just too great that God can even forgive you. So you kind of hold on to that. Grabbing a hold of this new life, it requires tremendous vulnerability. As God is asking that we shed our masks, those old protective barriers, those broken hearts, that pride, those bad habits, those feelings of self-reliance, he said, you, want, you need to shed those and trust me. He's offering us a new identity in him. And he says that we don't have to be afraid. As a matter of fact, he says that we can be courageous as we walk in this new life with him. So why are we so reluctant to grab a hold of this new life? Why do we hold on to that old person? Jesus, he's placed all our sins on himself and cast them into the sea of forget forgetfulness. Colossians chapter two, verse 13 to 14 reads, you were dead because of your sins, because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by, by nailing it to the cross. Hebrew Hebrews eight, Verse 10 to 12 says, But this is a new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their, their neighbors and nor will they need to teach their relatives, 
saying, you should know the Lord for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already and I will forgive their wickedness and I will never remember their sins. I really believe that when God says that, you know, I'm going to forget their sin or we should forget the old man and, and, and appreciate this new person, I really believe that he's saying that we should live a life where that old man doesn't prevent us from living a life, a thriving life in him or impede us from really, you know, honing in, honing in on his promises. So what is this new identity that he's offering? I believe it's an opportunity to look like Jesus, to be righteous, to be holy, to be loving. A chance so that we're not afraid, not afraid of the unknown, not afraid of, of uncertainty, but we can be certain in him. We can entrust our whole lives to God. He knows our propensity to be afraid. Like he knows, like he knows it so well. There's so many scriptures in the Bible that where he, he referenced be of good courage, do not be afraid, because he knows that we're, we're so quick to be afraid when we're not certain what the outcome of something will be. Jeremiah 31, eight says, it is the Lord who gives, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid or dismayed. The same in verse six of the same chapter says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who gives, who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God wants to take our baggages, the old, and offer us something new, something full of life, full of hope. Perhaps you've never had the chance of walking in this new spiritual beginning. Perhaps you're thinking about it. Perhaps this is the first time you've heard about it. It's just a simple prayer that we've all, most of us, I've, I've, I actually said, and it's just acknowledging who God is, who is Jesus, that he is the son of God and that he died on the cross for my sins and that he's forgiven me of my sins and I can accept him into my heart. If you can say that, then you are ready for a spiritual new beginning. You're ready to allow God to do everything that he wants to do, the plans that he has for you. You're ready for him to take you to that new beginning in your life. And maybe you're, you've already accepted Jesus as your savior. Maybe you're like I was, and perhaps this is gonna be an ongoing process for me at different points in my life, still holding on to things that I should easily let go. Maybe you're struggling with letting go and allowing God to just usher you into the greatest or new beginning that he has in store for you. I just wanna pray, just a very quick prayer as we come to the end. God, I just want to thank you for our time with you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, oh God, that you love us, that you, you, you orchestrated, you designed a plan for us, a future for, for us, full of hope, full of life. And I pray, oh God, that we will relinquish control over our lives and, and relinquish things that just beset us, the things that hold us or allow us to stay in one spot. I pray, oh God, that you just allow us to, to trust 
to trust in you, knowing that you are with us at every corner. I thank you for your assurance. In Jesus' name, amen.
season of renewal. It's a new season. It's a new day full of energy, a fresh anointing. Thank you, God, for your fresh anointing flowing our way. Hallelujah. Refreshing 